0: I said, this myth of multitasking was made up by a man trying to get a woman to do multiple things for him that he didn't want to do himself.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur podcast with myself, Helen Williams, and my business partner, Lauren Brady. I actually get the opportunity this week to sit down with Lauren and interview her and have a little conversation about motherhood and business. And do the two actually come together? Can we really have both? This has been something that's been very apparent in Lauren's life, obviously, going through nine months of pregnancy and giving birth at the beginning of this year to a beautiful little boy. How does she manage it? How is that all going? And let's gain some insights about juggling priorities, business, vision, and also the misconceptions that happen in society. This is going to be a good one. It is a good one and it is such a pleasure to have Lauren back and be speaking to her about something so close to people's hearts when you are trying to achieve goals as well as be a mom, a dad, create a family and do everything that you wanted to do or not do. And this is a fantastic episode to experience all of that within one. So sit back, relax, remove the distractions, turn the volume up and we hope you enjoy. As always, please do leave a review at the end, and we look forward to hearing your thoughts over this episode. Thank you so much. So Lauren, we are going to talk all about business and babies today. Business um, and babies, what a business. title. <laughs> oh, business and babies. Obviously, you are reintroducing yourself back into the business, and or people, should I say, I'm going to reframe that altogether, yeah. because you've never... You've never not been around the business. You've never not been around me. But to our public and to clients, you have. Because you have obviously been off on maternity leave since March of this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So obviously it's great to have you back in this capacity is what I mean. It's kind of, like people talk to me and they're like, oh, you know, is Lauren back yet? When's Lauren coming back from maternity and all of this? And I'm like, she's never really been anywhere. We've given... And we've do got- you know what,
0: Hage? We're going to jump straight into it. It's a really funny one because people are like, have you had a maternity leave? I'm like, from a public facing point of view, yes. But from the fact that I love our business, no. Because yes. I think for most people, and could be different for others... I've certainly switched off a lot of my brain in terms of what am I doing today, what am I doing this week business-wise and task-related and getting things done by a deadline or delivering for clients in both businesses, uh, but I've never stopped thinking of them. Mm. Because we're talking business and babies. I've had a real life human baby. But I think for most business owners, your business feels a bit like a child and it feels like your baby. So as I'm now learning from a human baby, you never stop thinking about it. You never stop thinking about them. So I'm delighted to be back to humans.
1: I'm really, really excited. For us, because obviously we're... not just partners but now through business and everything else we're, we're friends so you yeah. know we've seen each other we discuss things and have chats and you said to me we've had personal chats and you're like so tell me about the business then what's happening but what, you know who you working with what, what's been and I'm like Morning. Another
0: time. Yeah. Like, no, I want to know. I'm like, is anything on fire? Is anything being, you know, is anything going to
1: shit around us? And you're like, don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> but on the other side of that, like we're kind of saying all this tongue in cheek, but you ha- you have been there from a support point of view as well. You had a bit of time off and you covered things and what have you. So it has been a bit of give and take. But at the same time, you have still legitimately been on maternity leave where you've grown a human and entered the into the great wild world. But, I can't believe that your baby boy, Sebastian, is now seven and a half months old already. I can't. If I can't believe it, you certainly can so, so me and my
0: husband who i don't think he really listens to the podcast i mean if he should, you should you could hear a lot about we talk about him quite i talk about him loads if he was to listen to these episodes we were in we we, when we came up this morning we're in the sleep training bit right so for anyone who's had a kid you go through a bit where you go if they're asleep don't touch them and now we're in a bit where we wake him up in the morning if he slept past the time that we want him to so that he'll nap at the time we want him to it's hilarious and we were both saying this morning, we're like, "God, he's like a real human now. Like he laughs at us, and he loves high-fiving us, and also sometimes that just comes across as a slap in the face." <laughs> <laughs> he's a proper wee human now. He's get we're really seeing his personality. He is proper, determined, and a little bit stubborn. I wonder where he gets that from. I know every time every time we do something like this, my parents, Chris's mom, everyone's like, "Lauren, that." And I'm like, I know, I know. But as we started saying that, that we're talking about how quick time's gone. I think Mm. one of my biggest learners from being pregnant, having the baby and getting back to business now, I just see time so differently. It's mad because I know from when I was doing my own personal development and that's always ongoing in public or private. I've always had this issue with time one of my big things is running out of time, not making good use of time. And then I can be the world's best procrastinator, which is absolute mental when you think I've got this thing about wasting time and running out of time. But when you're pregnant, time goes really quick in points and then really slow. Ask any mother who's got the three, four weeks before they're due to give birth how slow that month goes. My God. And then there's other points they say you give birth and before you know it, the child's able to sit up on their own and is eating baby porridge so I see time very differently now because I
1: certainly don't want to waste it and I certainly don't want to overlook it okay so but you said that you were like that before so what's changed when you say seen differently so
0: this is a bit of a I don't think I've even told you this Helen right but when I was actually in labour and I had a labour of two halves. I'm not going to go into the birth story. If anyone wants to know, I'll tell them. But that's a different conversation. We're and... a podcast. <laughs> yeah, a podcast. But I was in a standalone birthing suite with just me and my husband and my midwife. It's midwife led. I am a little bit of a hippie at heart. I'm not, I don't even hide that very much now. I'm like, I would have had a home birth if my husband would have been comfortable with it. But he was like, we live in the middle of nowhere. You're not having a home birth, mate. So we had a birthing suite and I'm in this massive, big hot tub. And it's gorgeous. And it had the incense, the oils coming out of the thingamajiggy. What do you call that thing? You know, the yeah, air I'm thing. The the oils. Yeah. Yeah. There was the projector had images of the forest on the wall. Whale music going. And I'm in this gorgeous around it. And honest to God, it's the only time in my life I can imagine. I can remember feeling time stood still. And everything mm. was just very much. I could just, I could <laughs> smell everything. I could Get the sense of everything. No one was talking. We, I, me and my husband chose we wanted to give birth without loads of people and equipment and medical stuff around us. So the midwife just sat in the corner until we needed her. Like you'd forget she was there. So it was just me and my husband, and he's not a massive talker anyway. Thank God, being married to me. I don't know if the two of us were like this. So it was just us. And time, honestly, you could just—I could feel things like it was going in slow motion around me. And I remember, I can still, as I'm explaining this to you. I can bring myself back there immediately and that was the first time I had this big thing of you've got to stop stressing about time and you've got to stop I wanted the labor to be done because I wanted I wanted to meet my baby but sometimes we're like that in life we're just trying to rush through everything Helen you know me I'm guilty of this in business we'll be on a, a meeting and I'm like boom 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 next point next point next point because I'm like I'm trying to I'm not trying to rush people but I'm conscious we don't have an infinite, infinite amount of time. So I try and pack as much as I can in to every conversation, every meeting, every interaction. And this is a, uh, this might sound really bonkers to some people, but it might resonate with one or two. I remember being there in labor in this birthing pool thinking time is really
1: needs to slow down and you just need to be here right now. But so, it's, yeah. not the t- it's not the time that needs to slow down. It's you. Is it Oh. Because so the time's going to pass anyway. That's passing at the same yeah. rate the whole time. It's yeah. how you choose to perceive that passing. And Absolutely. And what you've just said about then you rush through. Like sometimes you can come on a call with me and then I go, fucking hell, that were a whirlwind. And that's me and I, I'm fast paced myself. Yeah. yeah. So it's about you slowing down and being more yes. present in the moment. And what you've just expressed there in terms of your memory of being in the, the, the hot tub birthing pool is... You were so present and you've probably never experienced that before in your life. Because literally there's
0: an alien in your body forcing you. Because what are we always like? We live in a very busy world now, whether it be digital, family, friends. There's just so much we could do. I don't think I'm the only person who can feel like there's so much we could do and enjoy and experience and give back or help that we're almost overwhelmed by stimulation. And I think one of the one of the best bits of learning I've had in the last year or so mm. is I see time differently now. I don't want to fuck about. I don't want to waste it. I also won't give my time to stuff that genuinely makes no difference. Wow. So I am really someone who I like to I love backing an underdog. I'm the person who sees, oh, that's a problem. We could fix that and I'll attack it. And I just think, walk away from that, Lauren. That's not your problem. That's not your battle to, to jump on. And I think now it's just really changed me when I just think there's a time and a place for everything and for everyone. And being pregnant and having this gorgeous baby it just makes me see
1: time totally differently. So I could just talk about time for the next 20 minutes, but I won't. But, but, it's, that's, but it's so that's valuable for everything. But yeah. obviously then through your experience, it's, it, it has actually put that highlight on it for you, yeah. hasn't
0: it? It's made me live it because... Yeah, you can't get away.
1: So, you know, we have mentioned you have had time off. I'm right, we so I'm fully deserved. I, I have to laugh, and I will share this of the fact that you was always saying, um, oh, "I'll be back, I'll be back in twelve weeks." <laughs> like, and I, I even remember saying to you, "Okay, like well, we'll see how that goes." Because <laughs> well, to God, Helen, right? I honestly
0: was, yep, yeah, like, give me, give me like maybe eight weeks, ten no. weeks. I'll be fine because I'm like, you know, I'm gonna. This, me and this baby have had a chat, and it will do as I ask. And I'll be fine physically, mentally, emotionally. Oh my God, what a joke am I? I had no clue. Anyone, I apologise to anyone who's had a baby, who's in my friendship group or my family, who I just didn't get it. I'm so sorry, I didn't have a clue.
1: But there's nothing to be sorry of. You wasn't you wasn't positioning yourself in any pedestal or anything like that. It wasn't coming across like that. But it is purely of that fact of and I use this term in the right sense, it's not critical, it's naivety. Oh, Because you've not not been in that situation before. It's the same in business, right? We can tell people how challenging and difficult it is, but until they're in that situation, right, then they go, oh, my God, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like, all the penny drops, and they come back six months, 12 months, two years down the line, and they go, it all makes sense. I've gone away and I've learned it. Yes, yeah. you in that experience of, of pregnancy and, and everything else
0: 100% because I like so I like to be prepared as a, it runs through my veins like I'm a, someone who's a it freaks me out if I'm I, I know I can't be 100% prepared for 100% of situations but I like to have information and mm-hmm. I know this from my, knowing myself the work I've done on myself lots of different courses and different things I've done I like a reasonable amount of data yeah, I like some good solid information that's not someone's opinion. Information, give me the facts. So prior to us having Sebastian, so I was a lockdown pregnancy. There was no NCT groups. I loved the support I got from my midwife. The trust that I'm uh, where we live, she was absolutely superb. But the NHS can only do as much as it can do. Bless them, they are just overrun with everything in every department. So they, if it, I'd left it just to my midwife to explain to me what to expect when I went into labour, what labour was going to be like, what feeding would be like, what the first month would be like. If I'd only waited to get that information given to me by the NHS, yeah. I wouldn't have had a clue. And I don't think I would have been best prepared emotionally or mentally for what does happen. So I did, as a good coach would do, I did a couple of courses pr- prior <laughs> to having it. I was
1: so impressed by your preparation. I-
0: The other side of it, Helen, is we weren't going anywhere. We were locked down at home. So I I did a private hypnobirthing course, which I cannot recommend enough. People are like, yeah, yeah, you can get it on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, of course you can. If you think that's going to be adequate for your needs, you can. But I made the decision. Me and my husband made the decision. We did it one-on-one with a hypnobirthing teacher who was superb. Now, again, you say the word hypnobirthing, I'm like, yeah, you're going to teach me how to meditate or you're going to teach me how to breathe. (laughs) That was about 10% of it. The rest of it, she was literally explaining to me, do you know what this means when they give you X amount of instruction or choices? What does this medical decision mean? What does that intervention mean? What does it mean when this happens? So it meant that when me and my husband went into the decision, the point of making decisions for our family, we were fully informed and we made the decisions. It wasn't the midwife telling me what to do. It wasn't a medical doctor telling me what to do. Me and Chris were able to go, okay, literally so if we do this what what's the consequence what's the, what happens if we do do it what happens if we wait what happens if we don't but it meant that we felt fully informed and in control so that was something for me again it's how does this relate to business you can sit on the sidelines and go I need to research every marketing strategy every which kind of funnel am I going to have what kind of client customer journey am I going to have and you can wait and have all of this information and do absolutely bugger all with it and we've met these people we all know these people they've got brilliant business ideas they've got fantastic strategies they're sat on the sidelines and they're not implementing it they're not getting off the audience and getting in from being a spectator to being a player so I was the same in terms of pregnancy you are forced to play because when that baby's cooked and ready to come out it's coming out what I had to do for me personally was make sure that I had enough information that when playtime came and I'm like right we're in game on we're having this Mm -hmm. that I could make the information work for me and for my husband and for the baby so Yeah, that was great. And it was really funny when I was telling you, obviously, but I told a couple of other people, they're like, yeah, we're not surprised that you've done it this way Mm -hmm. because you like to know what's going to happen. I don't like huge amount of surprises going into labor and into the first few months of motherhood. I kind of want to know, like, don't sugarcoat it for me. Tell me what shit's going to go down, because then I can be emotionally, physically, mentally,
1: practically ready. Yeah, Let's play. Let's deal with it absolutely Well, it it is it's that pragmatic thought isn't it it's kind of like let's put it all out on the table and then we know what we're dealing with it's like who who likes hidden cards yeah put them all out i've tried running
0: away from stuff before the good thing that i've now learned is it's gonna find you yeah absolutely. (laughs) those problems that you don't deal with in business or in life uh, they ain't disappearing when you try and avoid
1: them so there'll be many parents listening to the podcast today and there'll be many of us like me that aren't in parenthood So I can only come from an assumption point of view, but I'm assuming it's bloody hard work, right? Like, you know, it all sounds great. You know, it all sounds fantastic. You've got this beautiful baby boy. It's everything that you've ever wished for. And you're amazing. You and Chris are amazing. The baby's beautiful. But I'm assuming it's bloody hard work. You've not been on holiday. You've not been sipping cocktails. I know you don't drink, but you've not been sipping cocktails at the side of a a pool for, for the last six, nine months. Tell us about the difficulty and the, the hardship of it. Give us some reality. Because that's what happens is people just think that it's this breeze and oh look at Lawrence, she looks yeah. fabulous. Look at the baby, he's beautiful. Yeah, right. Gonna be
0: a couple of things. Could get ranty here. Okay. I um, rely on we love a rant, um, especially when it's, it's passionate ranting. <laughs> it is hard work, and it's absolutely worth it. Sebastian, who's our little boy, was very much wanted and longed for. He took a little bit of time for him to arrive. We we didn't have oh, let's have a baby, and I was pregnant twenty minutes later kind of journey. When we found out we were expecting, we were obviously delighted, and I had a really healthy pregnancy. I did get COVID in the first trimester, so that was a bit freaky because nobody knew what that meant for a pregnant woman or a baby, and then. have your normal pregnancy it takes a lot of toll on your body and then I had COVID which takes a lot of toll on your body so I didn't know what was pregnancy and what was COVID or any of that kind of carry-on so that was a bit mad but we were dead safe and pregnant and healthy me and the baby were healthy the whole way through which was great as I said labor tailored two halves had this first half of labor which was in the birthing center in the birthing pool I didn't want to go down the drugs route. Personally, I'm not making any judgments on anyone. You've got to do you. But there's me, I'm in a gas and air, and they offered me a paracetamol. I'm like, paracetamol? What's that going to do? barely cures a headache, mate. And then we ended up being put in an ambulance, taken up to the hospital, and ended up in emergency surgery, which wasn't the ending that I had in mind. So then I had to recover from birth and from surgery. I was really lucky in that I recovered well 12 days later I was able to drive which freaked some people out mainly my mom but I'm like it's a go-kart it's automatic it's start and start we're going to be fine (laughs) but uh, I recovered physically well I think when you say Helen what's hard is what's hard is just that there's just so much that's out of your control and I think for any human that's hard for little control-free entrepreneurs like I am you are that's really fucking hard. Because I'd been prepared, things like I'd had conversations with family and friends. I've got this wonderful, big, loving Irish family. Boundaries isn't our strongest point. We're from an open door. My parents both have keys to my house. People call when they're on the way, not to see if it's okay if they come, like in normal life, pre-COVID. But I'd had loads of conversations like, I'm going to need my own time. I'm going to need my own space. And everyone was superb, really respectful of that. But I've heard other people say they've got like a queue of visitors in that first week, two weeks, where they're like, they've got four or five visitors a day. I'm like, not in a million years, mate. Me and the baby need to learn how to do shit. Me and my husband and the baby need to learn how this is going to go. I was, I, I'm a breastfeeder. So I'm like, I, you know, I need to figure out I'm not going to be sat there half naked with just people who want to come and give the baby a present. You, you can wait, love. So in terms of, the hard stuff I'd say the hardest thing is just not being in control like you are not in control anymore like I said we had healthy baby healthy mum and it was still hard so yeah I don't want to like over dramatize it I don't want to scare anyone but because it's not that scary your body knows what to do you got to trust yourself you got to trust the baby we had one incident in the first couple of months. He was seven weeks old and he spiked a temperature and they don't like it when little babies under six months get any kind of temperature. And we did the normal thing. You ring 111. We waited four or five hours and then we were like, "Now this ain't right. This kid is like on fire. You can't give them calipol when they're that little. So you just have to go down the route with 111. Then you... We had an emergency GP appointment on a Sunday. They then sent us up to the hospital. uh, And before we know it, me and the baby were admitted to hospital. My husband still wasn't allowed in in COVID. So it was just me and the baby watching them put needles into a seven week old is Uh. something else they tried to take put a cannula in his arm they tried both feet both arms and couldn't get anything in like literally you're holding your child down while they're putting needles in it they were then they come back to you with all the things they're testing for sepsis they're testing for meningitis they're testing for covid Uh, they took the baby off me at one point to do a lumbar puncture procedure which is where they take fluid off his spine and the whole time my husband's in the car park and i'm just in the in the other bit of the ward. We stayed in, I think, for two or three nights, IV antibiotics, all of that stuff. And they found nothing. They said it's just a little viral infection. And I'm like, that's great. That's what you want. But they don't let you out until you've had a certain amount of hours without the baby spiking the temperature. So that was a bit hard and a bit crazy. But again, when you're in the moment, what can you do? You just deal with it and you just get on with it. And I, it could have been way more traumatic for me, him, and anyone else involved but he was fine and he was healthy so I think it just teaches you like we say in business and I'm not trying to compare a baby to business at every opportunity but we say you've got to be prepared sometimes not sometimes you have to be prepared at at points for it to get really hard and really scary and you have to decide then what you're going to do are you going to freeze are you going to freak out are you going to move forward are you going to keep your head And I honestly felt because of the work I'd done on myself personally, and because of all the other parts of the elements of my time and my life that came together, Mm -hmm. I was just able to stay calm. Like I genuinely was like, me freaking out here isn't going to do anything. The child is in the best hands. He's fought the infection within 48 hours And everything else that comes with it, whether it be not knowing what happens the first time they roll off the bed. Someone said to me, there'll be a point where your child rolls off the bed. I'm like, I will be watching. It'll be fine. It was our wedding anniversary and I had to text Chris. I'm like, I think I broke the baby. He rolled off the bed. (laughs) And he's like, it's going to happen. Don't worry. All of these different things that are hard. It's just because it's new and you're learning. And it's exactly the same in business. Like your business is your baby. And there's going to be stuff that whether it's the first time you do a social media post or the first time you pitch a live event and a networking event, or the first time you get a a request for a refund or the first time your accountant says, oh, we miscalculated that you owe another X amount in tax or for your reserve account. There's just going to be times where shit happens and you've got to pick your response. And you've also got to go, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. And as long as everyone can just keep their feet on the ground and not
1: lose red, then we're going to be fine amazing and you know you talk about you just mentioned there you don't want to compare having a baby to business the whole time but the fact is that we work a lot on transferable skills so how exactly. you dealt with yeah. all of that is exactly that isn't it that's why personal development and hashtagging first is at the yeah. core of absolutely everything all your decisions all your reactions all of your responses yeah times and the the ways and mannerisms in which you kind of you deal with absolutely anything in life comes from you it comes from your personal development and your foundation so like everybody can take different paths and different decisions in life but it always comes down to that core foundation of you so that you know that's where the comparisons are and that's why I wanted to do this podcast about you know your experiences because you your core and integral to this business and your experiences through your pregnancy and and this stage of your life is absolutely compulsory to share with other people not only obviously for everybody wants to hear from you everybody wants to have insight into Lauren as well I get asked all these questions I'm like I don't know Let's ask for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, I tell you, know, I, I okay do you what, that. we'll just have
0: a chat and let you all listen. I do know more. than most, but it's
1: not—it's not my story to share. Yeah, yeah. you I could probably didn't... tell it well. I just
0: realised, yeah, I didn't answer the other side of your question in terms of the hard, the, the hard stuff. Yeah, this is the bit where I get a bit ranty. It's this idea of maternity leave being a holiday. Yeah, it's not because I think any mother or father wants to be like. Give me a medal. Um, you know, I'm 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 tired, I'm working hard, I've got a baby. And that would be stuff honestly, pre-pregnancy, Lauren. It did great on me. I used to be like, why are people harping on about how hard this parenthood lark is? Didn't they choose it? And in some cases, maybe not, it might have been a surprise. But for a lot of us, we choose parenthood. And it's not that I've now gone a full 360. It's again like when people say to us, whether it be with children or business, and they go, oh, yeah, it's hard. It's not because I've got no sympathy, but I'm like, yeah, it's meant to be anything worth doing. That's awesome for the outcome. takes some hard graft and some hard work. And it's when people maybe perspective wise, or maybe as you said there, I I don't mean this too harshly, but naivety is that they just, they don't expect stuff to be hard. I think the other thing with maternity leave that people get mistaken is that they think whether it be mater- uh, the mother taking the leave or the father taking the leave that they're just having lattes and cakes and going to sing-along baby classes or painting their nails we had a really good friend of ours we just had a holiday with grandparents there two weeks ago and he said to me I'm loving your ratio of work to holiday this year and that triggered the shit out of me i like <laughs> I just went "Pardon." I mean, I said, you mean the 24 hour a day job I have of feeding and keeping a baby alive and growing it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, all right. I'll I'll back away from that comment. I'm like, yeah, back away slowly, mate, because your eye is going to explode. The thing that irks me, H, is not that people don't understand the work that goes into it, but it's just this idea that it's, it's quite a toxic conversation around you can either be super ambitious really focused on your business or your career or your life goals, or you can be a mother and you can have a baby because you're either in one camp or another. And I've got to say, for a long time, probably for my whole decade of my 20s, I was around a lot of people with that kind of opinion and I didn't even realise I was absorbing it. And as a woman and as someone who was very proudly feminist, because who the fuck isn't a feminist? Because if you just believe in equal rights, you are a feminist. The idea that you could have like I say a family a marriage a child multiple children and still kick ass at what you do was alien to me yeah so I have to go back and apologize to 20 year old Lauren or 25 or 28 year old Lauren and be like oh my god you got this wrong it's not mutually exclusive you don't just have to have one or the other and for me that's been a revelation even in the first seven months of being a mom is you don't have to have one or the other. Yeah. Yes, I've taken time away from the front-facing parts of both my businesses. It, that doesn't mean I don't give a shit. That doesn't mean I can only be one or another. So yeah, that one for me well, is a big conversation.
1: I mean, I will allow you to rant on that all day long because that <laughs> we have always internally between the two of us and I have publicly spoke about this is because I said to you and I've jokingly said about you said 12 weeks I'll be back I'll be back and I'm like I don't really care and I mean this in the nicest way I don't really care how long you have as long as it's right for you exactly and you know we're we're not corporate we can do what we want in that respect you know we've got that agreement between ourselves but I have said to you categorically that I will support you for whatever you need for yourself for the family and for the baby Hmm. and I know that that is the right thing to do, because as a woman, I wouldn't want to have been put into a, a pigeonhole of you're either in business or you're a mom. Yeah. And it got said to me, and I shared this with you when it happened. I, I shared the fact with other business owners and, and you know, our kind of like minded network when you were pregnant. And I remember one individual saying to me, oh, well, that's it. Then you'll not get Lauren back. So are you going to look for a new business partner? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not fucking writing her off. Like she's going Oh, Helen, me. right. And I'm jumping up and down here. I know, I know, I know. For anybody, that for anybody that can't actually see, if you, if you are listening on the podcast episode and not on, uh, on visual right now, yeah, Lauren is like wanting to rip the TV down, I think, the screen. But yeah, I, I actually, I was faced with things like that.
0: And Helen, can we just clarify, was that said by a man or a woman?
1: That was by a man. Of course it was. Um, And I have to
0: share at this point, I was in a, okay, one of the things that honestly stopped me having a rounded perspective on this is I did work in a very male environment for many years and I loved it. That's not a criticism. It was just that I was around a lot of blokes and I was on this call and I can I can honestly still remember where I was. I can remember the office I was sat in, what part of the Netherlands I was in at the time. And one of our sales directors was having a baby. A male sales director, his partner was having a baby. And a very senior group of leadership in the company that I worked with was on a call. And we were just planning for how his business would operate when he needed to take leave and support his partner. And somebody on the call said... This person has said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, my partner's going to go back to work when the baby's X amount of months old. And someone on the call said, yes, she may say that now. And then a whole conversation was had about the fact that for women, when we give birth to the baby, we will no longer want to go back to work. Our ambition will be given birth as if it's part of the placenta. And we will then just want to be at home, go to baby groups, and we will want our husband, partner or other half to support us. And I remember being sat on the call and I was the only female on the call. And I remember my body just being like, do you think they've forgotten I'm here? Do you you think they're even aware that I can hear what's coming out of their mouths Mm -hmm. right now? That moment never, ever left me. Because at that point, I remember thinking I can never be in this in this organization and have a baby. Because they will genuinely think, as soon as I have a child, I will not want to work or be ambitious or all those other things anymore. And I made a mental decision then, you can't stay here if you want to have a family. Mm -hmm. Because it's not the culture of the company that you need to be around. But unfortunately, Helen, that attitude is actually thought by a lot of people. And not just men, it's thought by women as well. It is. I just I'm I, I can't understand why they think that because
1: we, we see it, Lauren. We see it from people in corporate through that through that experience, like what you've had. I've seen it where I've even been in. Recruitment positions and what have you, and not positions as in that's my role, but you recruit, you've been recruiting someone, yeah, yeah. And it said, Oh, don't employ, like, do you employ them, they'll be gone into, like, how old is she, kind of thing, as though, yeah, 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 childbirth age, 28 and just got married, don't employ her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be gone in 12 months, yeah. Thing is, it's kind of like I've always said to you, Why can't we have it all? And that sounds a bit of an idealistic way of looking at things, right? But we come across so many parents in business, and this is just not mums either, by the way, because we do, work with, we do work with dads as well in terms of they are and single parent fathers
0: yeah, yeah. who are
1: running businesses at the same time. So, you know, it, this, is the, this is the same situation for everyone. We come across people that are a parent and have sacrificed them or chosen not to then deploy themselves through their vision and their goals of being in business or expanding their career and their professional life because they feel that they have been put into that pigeonhole of well you're just a parent now and that you're just a parent now pisses me off and I'm not even a parent yeah because I'm like what like what you said, you 24 hours a day, you're literally, you're keeping the human alive and growing them and nurturing them and, and juggling everything else. So it's kind of like what you should be doing. So it's kind of, it's just so flippantly expressed, isn't it, over what that role is. Yeah. But I, like I said, going back to the fact of that misconception of you, the choice of you're either one or you're the other. I said this to you, we can make it and mould it so that you can be both. Yeah, I, and wow. I've, I've been
0: really, in, I've been really inspired, Helen. And I've looked for community, not as in like uh, people who I know face to face in an intimate way, but I've looked for examples and I've looked for people who speak about this because if you are constantly around or have had a lot of contact with people who think the way that we just described, it does seep into your subconscious. I'm not going to lie; it was in my head. Yeah. Can I? Run multiple businesses. Can I still be focused on my health? Can I still have a great relationship with my husband? Can I still see my friends? and can I still raise a baby? And yeah. listen, I'm seven months in. I'm not saying I've got this figured out. There's yeah. loads of balls that, that are in the air that I've dropped. But what I've purposely done is I've looked for people in business, people in on the social media, land and i've looked for friends and people who i respect that's the word i'm trying to get to here people who i go i like the way you're doing that shit let me find out how and there's a couple of little nuggets that i'll try and wrap this up to the end with is that you've got to in life whether you're a parent a business owner human whatever right we've all got to juggle different balls there's loads of balls in the air this is i wish i could credit who it was who said this if i if i ever <laughs> remember i will but i don't know right now All the balls that you have in the air, some are made of glass and some are made of plastic. So some will bounce. So you can only drop the ones at a time that will bounce. And that's I loved hearing that. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to do at the moment is I go some things that if I drop them, it's just irreplaceable. You can't piece that back together. So, for example, I have chosen. That I want to breastfeed my son and I've been so lucky that I've been able to and it's been fantastic so for me that's a ball that I can't drop that's not going to last very long I've got an infinite amount of time that my child needs me to feed from and nourish from so I can't drop that ball so you know the ball that'll bounce all the things that I want to do with my friends or the certain events of HUW that I just haven't been able to make it to I'm like yep child's gonna need feeding can't come to that event so that ball technically is plastic it'll bounce it'll save So I've got to choose which balls that I juggle with that need me at that time. The other thing is to understand is that this idea of having it all is bollocks. You've got to pick a priority. And it's the same in business is when people go, well, we, how many times do we say to business owners, what's your priority? And we get them down on the table. We get them out on the Zoom call and they're like, it's all a priority. If it's all a priority, nothing is a priority. It's just a shit show. It's just a scramble of ideas and time and energy. So you have to pick which one. And it's just one thing that you focus on and on at a time. Mm. And so this idea of having it all, that's why it's a myth. You can't have everything all the time, constantly. You can have one thing at a time. And that comes back to that conversation we had at the start about time when I was in that birthing pool and I realized I could only be in the birthing pool and I could only be doing that one contraction and I could only be in that one moment I was like shit Lauren you've been trying to do 100 things at a time your entire life adult life just do one thing at a time properly don't be on a call and checking your phone don't be with your child and half having a conversation with a friend just do one thing at a time so this idea of having it all or maybe doing it all is a better way to describe this right now is that you can only actually do one thing at a time. I say this a lot. My dad always kills himself laughing at me because he thinks I've made it up. I don't know if I did or not. I said, this myth of multitasking was made up by a man trying to get a woman to do multiple things for him that he didn't want to do himself. Whoever made up that myth was a fucking genius because your brain can't do multiple things at once. No woman or man. It can just do half assed many things at once. So it's this idea for me, pick which balls will bounce and let them bounce, but don't drop the ones that'll smash. Drop the idea of doing it all, just do one thing at a time. And it's this idea that we have to hustle all the time. Again, I talk, I talk quite openly about my previous career, being self-employed, being working in like a consultant type role, business support. I loved it, but the masculine toxic the toxic masculinity was insane like off the Richter scale mental and this you've got to work harder you've got to work harder you've got to if you are not bleeding and sweating and if you are not near a nervous breakdown if you are not living on Red Bull and espressos and if you are not working 100 and bloody 60 hours a week you don't want it enough I'm like bullshit I call bullshit on that because all I know that does is make people burn out emotionally exhausted mentally exhausted and then they just can't do anything. So for me, with business and baby and everything, it's just, It's not that I now expect to work two hours a day and have the business that I want. That isn't going to work either. But crazy hustle is not the answer and is not the energy and is not the outcome that I think anyone, whether you've got a family or a, a young child or anything is ever going to work. So yeah. they're the big things for me that I'm like, you, it's not about having it all, but you've got to know what you want to do and what you want to get from it
1: yeah I think it's the the having it all it's not the fact the misconception of having it all and at once you can still have it all because obviously you know you've not closed the, you've not closed the door on the business you've not then said I'm focusing purely on my baby and close the door your priority is on the baby not the business right I'm rightly so but you're still having it all because you're having it all because you're lining it up longer yeah. term yeah so it's, it's not the fact of you, you can only have one thing and one thing only because that's like a misconception it's yeah. about being realistic about what you're choosing to spend your time and yeah. your energy on at any one time it's not yeah. saying that then if you, you then close the door on different things but i do love the uh, i do love the bouncing ball situation yeah. i just want to end it on that and particularly because you've had to choose then the the different balls and what have you you're hoping then that the the balls that you you say that you have dropped, have not been the glass, and they are irre- irreplaceable ones. Obviously, that's how you then—that's yes. how you categorise things and how yeah. you then prioritise things in in your life and your world. But a thing that comes up a lot when we do work with parents and business owners that our parents is guilt, yeah, and is often described as mom guilt, yeah. Have you had any experience of that so far? And I know that's—it's—it's it's quite new. You're still quite new, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Good months. question. But I'm just intrigued from your perspective. The honest answer is no. Yeah.
0: So the last month I've been dipping my toe back in more and more. I've been to events uh, with yourself and with my other business. Leaving, he starts nursery in like 10 days time. I've had people say to me, oh, he's very small to be going to nursery. And I'm like, yeah. And I go, I don't know what you want me to say to that. Childcare is childcare. It's not like he's, I'm not sending him in an Uber. You know, I'll definitely (laughs) take him and pick him up. So have I had guilt? No is the honest answer. Has it been hard the first couple of times I left him and I've walked away? So, so far, he's not had his induction yet with the nursery. So I've left him with my mum and with my husband's mum. And as I walk away, I'm turning around to see if he's bawling, crying. He's not, he's waving. He's like, "I'll see you later. And I'm like, little oh, shit, he's just so happy. He doesn't give a crap if I'm there or not. But also, he knows mummy always comes back. So there's none of that yet. I'll be honest, Helen, the reason I don't think I've got any guilt yet, and I, I'm sure there might be bits that creep in at times, but I don't expect to be flooded by it is because my perspective is if mommy's happy and mummy's living her life the way that she wants to do it, then that kid's getting the best version. So that's honestly why I don't feel the guilt yet. I hope I don't live to regret that saying, but you mentioned something there before about when parents take themselves out of the running because they're like, I can't do that. I've got a family. I can't do that. I've got a baby. The one that springs to mind for me when i when I I ever hear those things being said to me or about me, and they have been said about me, (laughs) you've got to be where you are. So either fully lean in or lean out and get out of the game. This is something Cheryl Sandberg, you know, she's COO of Facebook. I've read a couple of her books. I've listened to her on many interviews and podcasts, and I think she's phenomenal and she's been through some real shit in life. Mm. But she talks about this idea of don't take yourself out of the game before you even need to so people thinking I can't even get to the sideline of that game because I've got a family you're taking yourself out of the running without even giving yourself a chance Mm. so if you're going to go in lean in fully put your two feet in and go for it and Mm. then if you're going to be out get out and be out totally don't Mm. half dip your toe in and don't half be in and out hokey cokey So I think, I don't know if that answers the mum guilt question yet. I might completely revert on that answer in six months, 12 months time. But I don't feel guilty because I know that everything I'm doing will be to further the life that we have as a whole family, for my husband, for my kid, for me, because as much as I've absolutely adored the six, seven months where I've been 100% focused on him, uh, he's now discovered YouTube. I say he, we've obviously introduced him to YouTube. And I now have baby songs in my head all the time. And if you said to me, that was my life until he goes to school, sweet love of Jesus it would be hard. That would be really hard. So I am happy to hand YouTube over to Nana and nursery and uh, yeah, no guilt on that at all.
1: Fabulous. Thank you so much, Lauren. That's been really, really valuable and insightful. And thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure there's a lot of people on this episode that is listening that have taken from it as well. And have got to know you a whole lot better. And I look forward to seeing you and hearing more from you as well. So thank you. Great to be back. Thanks, Helen. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope that you enjoyed that and hope that you resonated a lot with those personal experiences there. If you have any questions about coaching and how you can benefit from engaging myself, Lauren, or anyone from the HEW team on a personal level or within your business integration, then do not hesitate to contact us via the website, which is www.helpingentrepreneurswin.org. We Look forward to hearing from you. As always, if you've enjoyed this, please share it to any of your Instagram stories on social media, leave us a five star review or come to us directly with any of your feedback, comments or queries. Have an amazing day and thank you for being our listeners.